Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Our emotions are a huge part of our humanity, but they can be fickle. The same way we try to help little children regulate and understand how they're feeling, we need to turn to the Lord for the same. Pastor J.D. reminds us today how detrimental it can be to allow feelings to drive you instead of the Word of God. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 26th, 2023. Back in the day, you might remember, they would have these tent revivals. Revival, 7 p.m. Tuesday night. Oh, really? You must be connected, because apparently the Holy Spirit has scheduled this for 7 p.m. on... No, no. You know what that is? That's a manufacturing of something in the flesh the energy ergon of the flesh and not the spirit. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me hasten to say that God can use anything, anytime, anywhere to bring anyone to salvation and or repentance, even with this. It's kind of interesting because I mentioned that I was going to be talking about this today on Thursday night, and I was just remembering <laughs> in 2020, three years ago now, three, that <laughs> I had kind of mentioned I was going to do an update on QAnon prior. I shouldn't have done that because I was inundated, and I mean inundated, by well-intentioned brothers and sisters in Christ, and I say it that way affectionately, they meant well, but they were basically telling me, no, this is the Lord, this is God, this is biblical. No, it's not. No, but there's a great awakening. No, that's new age. That's the age of Aquarius. We're in Pisces, but the new age believes in a great awakening. It's not a great awakening or a great revival. That's not what my Bible says. So I was, I mean, blasted. I haven't even done the update yet. I thought, man, what's going to happen after I do it? Well, it was even worse. And this of course, on a smaller scale, same thing. I mean, I got emails from people saying, Pastor, you're quenching the Spirit. No, I'm not. I'm discerning the Spirit. This isn't a quenching of the Spirit. This is discernment of spirits. Some don't smell quite right. I want to draw your attention to this 
website for Asper University, pictured here. It was founded 130 years ago in 1890. Why is this important? Because they have a long history of planned revivals over the years. It seems that they have had eight such revivals dating back to, get this, the year 1905, which was 108 years ago in this very place. Prior to this one, this year, which would, by the way, make it a total of nine revivals over the years, the last one was also in February, hmm, 17 years ago, back in the year 2006. Most notable among these revivals, so-called, was in the year 1970, which was 53 years ago. Now, please know that I have no desire to offer yet another opinion, which I basically already did. <laughs> you know what opinions are, right? They're like armpits. Everybody's got a couple, and they sometimes stink. So, but oh my goodness, there are no shortages of, I mean, everybody has an opinion about this, which in and of itself is kind of telling, if you ask me. And instead of telling you what I think, that's the last thing, by the way, you want to know. I wonder what JD thinks. No, you don't want to know what I think. <laughs> or worse yet, how about me telling you what you should think? So not only am I going to tell you, well, I think, I don't care what you think. You know, this is parenthetical, I might as well, why not? I, I'm getting to the place now in my walk with the Lord where it used to really get to me, and the Lord knows my heart on this, when someone would say, well, I don't agree with you. I was like, oh, really? You don't agree with me. And then the Lord checked me on it. He's like, oh, who do you think you are? Well, they don't agree with me. It doesn't matter. What do you mean? It doesn't matter if they don't agree with you. In fact, the only thing that matters is, do you agree with this? You don't agree with me? Cool. Let's agree to disagree agreeably, but let's make sure at the end of the day that we're in agreement with the Lord and His Word. That's all that matters. Well, that's your opinion. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry for the dramatization. But I... So I'm not going to tell you what I think. I guess I already did. Sorry. I'm not going to tell you how you should think, but here's what I am going to tell you, how to think slash discern. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to present a list that I put together of eight questions that we need to ask ourselves concerning Asbury, or for that matter, anything else that comes along. Question number one. Does it have as its foundation the gospel of salvation found only in the person of Jesus Christ? Number two, does it reach the lost in the sense that it's not exclusively in the Christian arena? 
as it were. Because when the Holy Spirit moves, and we want the Holy Spirit to move, it's to reach the lost for Jesus. Number three, does it focus on spiritual experience, or does it focus on the person of Jesus Christ, listen, whom the Holy Spirit points to? The Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, does not point to the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit points us to God the Son, Jesus the Christ. So if it's all about the Holy Spirit and there's no Jesus, problem. Number four, how you doing so far? We all, we're almost there. Does it lend itself to emotionalism? and hyper-Pentecostalism at the expense of sound doctrine. This is important. Let me expound on this for just a moment, if you don't mind. It's the experience. Oh, wow. Did you watch some of the live stream? Man, they're praising the Lord. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh. Oh, it's so moving. It's so touching. It's, it's so wonderful. Well, again, the question is, is that Jesus or is that emotion? Emote, there's an emoting, there's, a, there's an emotional dynamic and component at the core of it. And I mean, it, it lends itself to that saying, I know you've heard it and perhaps even like me said it, how can something that feels so good be so wrong? Easy. It's not a walk of feelings, it's a walk substance of things hoped for, the 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 evidence of that which is yet unseen, and can I also say unfelt. Man, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it, man. Oh really? So we're basing everything on how you feel? Feelings. <laughs> Sorry, that was about, had a flashback. I'm back with you now. One more thing on this, we'll move on. Hyperpentecostalism and sensationalism and charismania, as it's been called, the charisma, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is not using the gifts, this is abusing the gifts. So now all of a sudden it becomes about the experience and, oh, God told me. What? See, now what you've done is you've elevated the rhema, Greek word for spoken word, over the logos, the Greek word for the written word, now it superseded it. So emotion supersedes doctrine. Experience supersedes. I mean, listen, I've, I've had moving experiences that had nothing to do with God. Yeah, I'm going to leave that one right there. Don't, don't use your imagination on that one. I'm moved. I'm, wow, what a what an experience, but it's not the Lord. 
It's not the Lord. Number five, does it have the markings of being manufactured in the energy, ergon, of the flesh to further an agenda? In this case, a false doctrine. And number six, you're going to have to hear me out on this one. Does it provide a platform for promotion of and acceptance with the LGBTQ community? Oh, pastor, what? Well, you can do the research yourself. I would encourage you to. Don't take my word for it. But upon closer examination, you'll find that the people that are on that stage, they are very overt about it. Go to their social media pages. That's who's up there leading worship in this experience. And it kind of goes along with what we talked about last week, the He gets us. It's kind of, it's the wrong Jesus. It's a false Christ that says, okay, you're okay, I'm okay, we're okay. He gets us, He loves us. No, you're not okay. Because see, if you do that, then you don't, this is hard to say every time I try to say it, and please don't do it. This is uh, <laughs> hyperbole, but you have, you're going to start ripping out a lot of pages in your Bible. You better start with Romans 1. How about, don't rip out 1 Corinthians, don't rip out anything, but how about when the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth goes through this list of, you know, homosexuality and all of these sins, and then he says, as were, were some of you. Translated, you got saved, and Jesus delivered you out of that lifestyle that was destining you for help. But see, this Jesus, this false Jesus, and this false revival says, no, you're good. It's all good. You're not good. Number seven, does it require that I go to a specific location in order to experience a specific sensation? I was kind of taken back by all the people that were flocking to this thing, traveling great distances so they could be there. Listen, God is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. You think God has to book a flight to Kentucky to be there on time? And He's there. Well, if He's there, He can't be. No. This is a profaning again of God, bringing God down to man's level. And lastly, number eight, does it create confusion and division within the body of Christ? We know that God is not the author of confusion. If there's confusion, and I mean any confusion, the Lord's not in it. This is very confusing. It's very confusing, especially to young believers. How about non-believers? They look at something like that and think, hmm, it's confusing. It's not the Lord, because Satan is the author of confusion. He's the father of lies. And he's the accuser of the brethren, all three. 
You know, whenever there's any talk about revival, which again, please know that <laughs> I know that God can and even is using something like this. As one aptly said it, God can take a crooked stick and draw a straight line. You don't believe that? Just look in the mirror. God can do anything with anything. He's not limited. So I, I, I can trust in the character of who God is and how God is, that He can use something even like this to bring people to Himself. But whenever there's any talk about this, and this is all anyone is talking about, I have to go back to God's Word. I have to anchor and settle and remind myself that when Jesus comes, he will find the antithesis of revival. And this is replete throughout Scripture. Luke 18, 8, when Jesus is teaching a parable, he says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, listen to this, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That comports with another letter to another church, the Church of Philadelphia. Jesus says to them, there's no rebuke for this church. There's only encouragement. I know you're battle-weary, Philadelphia. You've not denied my name. You've kept my word, and I'm going to keep you from the tribulation, the hour of tribulation that is coming upon the whole world. That's a pre-tribulation rapture. And he says to them, I, I know you have little strength. Well, they're telling me that the church is going to rise up. Be strong. That's not what Jesus said. You have little strength, but just hold on, because I'm coming quickly. Coming quickly. But that's the, the church that Jesus is going to return to. Not this one. In fact, let me... <laughs> One more thing. Did I already say one more thing? I did. Okay. One more, one more thing. And I want you to think this through with me. We've talked about this before. If, let's just say if, this were true, do you realize the implications of this? That means that like Sardis, I might as well hunker down and rise up and resist, and fight, and take dominion over, and bring about, and take over, and all of the above. Because now you've just delayed my master's coming. So I'm in Sardis, my own Sardis Christian life, and I'm thinking, hey, no hurry, no worry. No, <laughs> hurry and worry. He's coming. Yeah, but see, if all of this has to happen first, then he, he can't come right now, so why am I watching? Do you see how I connected that? Well, this brings us to making some sense out of the current threat of World War III, which now seems to be a very real possibility. Thankfully, we can go to the Word of God 
and make sense of this by virtue of how many prophecies speak to this, chief of which is in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. This is Jesus when he's sitting on the Mount of Olives and the disciples come to him privately and they ask him really a threefold or three-part question about what will be the signs of the end, your return when you do come and the end of the age. And interesting that Jesus would say first and foremost this word, watch out, watch, be watchful that no one deceives you. In other words, deception. All of these other things on my list, this is first and foremost, watch out for deception. The thing about deception is, I know this is deeply profound, it's very deceiving. (laughs) So he goes on then and he lists these things that will mark the time of the end. And he says, do not be deceived. Many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Jesus is over here. Jesus is in Kentucky. Jesus is in wherever. And then he goes on and he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, better translated threats of war. So this is again two parts. You're going to have wars, but there's also going to be along with those wars, threats of wars. But See to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And then he says this. He likens all of this on this list to birth pains. And he says, all these are the beginning of birth pains. By way of a preface to this, please know that, again, I know that the media is all scripted. It's all pre-planned propaganda and has been from virtually its inception as evidenced by the CIA's Project Mockingbird. Knowing and understanding this makes sense out of yet another threat of war, just as Jesus said there would be in increasing frequency and intensity, which is what birth pains are. And Jesus is likening his return to birth pains and the baby being born. The closer you get, the more intense and frequent are the birth pains. So, (laughs) while this particular propaganda piece is from the Mirror UK, any and all news outlets are parroting the same script. What's the script? Well, Last Tuesday's script came from one Vladimir Putin, who warned of a World War III global conflict as he issued a, quote, nuclear threat. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said would happen. And it's happening. Just as he said it would in greater frequency and intensity. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? 
Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.